welcome to another episode of what with oh that didn't come out well <laughs> welcome to another episode of what will forever do podcast welcome <laughs> i am olu jimmy and as you you might have heard i'm joined by my co-host mr francis uh dr ramaniki is the chosen one <laughs> yo, yo, who the fuck been, chose you, my child? Like, like, wait, wait, wait. Like, are you a are you a fraudster or something? Like, why are you changing your name all the time? And show me CC. But Francis, you know you're you're trying to be like me though. You're the fake football expert now. Apprentice. So what what did you call him the last time? Training yeah, with tra- training with <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this this guy says he's the he's the chosen one. Chosen by who? <laughs> I believe you mean by whom, but that's fine. So sure, by okay, by whom? Whom? Whom 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 has chosen you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness that yo that was a good intro um welcome to episode three of the transfer window edition on this episode we will cover up our the striker position and see who we're linked to if any <laughs> and then after which we will uh, talk about the euros i feel like from the last time we talked there's been a lot of um how do i say this nicely surprising results in the euros a lot of like the big boys are are home watching like everybody else. But the finals is this Saturday, right? Sunday. No, Sunday. Is it Sunday? Yeah, Copa America is Saturday. Oh, that's the one that's on Saturday. How are we watch are we watching this thing at home or what are we doing? We can go uh, off I, I think I have a Brazil jersey somewhere here. See if I can bring it ah. Maybe not Saturday. But yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we can go out and watch Copa and we can go go out to watch um England this week. Yeah, I know. Like, I think yeah, it would be nice to like vibe and see. Hopefully, like they have. What time? Like, what time is the England game? I think it's one. It's around the same time, like everything else. Yeah, oh, I imagine it's like perfect. one o'clock. Yeah, that's brunch time still. You know, <laughs> we, we, we can we can brunch and chill. <laughs> Once it comes to brunch, just come in for chicken and waffles. That's it. Everything else, I don't want. <laughs> it's, 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 it's coming home. It's coming home. <laughs> Anyways, um, before we get into the podcast, how's everyone doing? How's your week been? Everyone doing good? We made it to the end, you know? Oh, it's been that kind of week? <laughs> it's been that kind of week. We made it to the end. <laughs> nah, um, it's, it's, it's been a good week still. It's been, it's been a little bit slow, but things are picking up. Stampede starts today. So, yo, if anyone is coming to Calgary, holler at your boy. You know, we have... No, no, I'm just kidding, man. We don't have any fucking shit planned. But let's <laughs> let's see, let's see, let's see how this week goes, man. Like we missed Stampede last year, right? So yeah, I'm sure that would probably take some getting used to to understand how how the whole dynamics works. But now nah, I'm looking forward to. It I think still. I think it's the noise for me. Like I like maybe because I missed it last year. Like when the noise oh. started, like yesterday and today, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, yes, I see a lot of people on the streets too wearing oh, that cowboy jean shorts, yeah, all that jazz. Yeah, 
yo, they, they are ready, ready. Like, <laughs> it's like they couldn't wait. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's talk about our strikers. Um, right now we have Cavani. Well, I'm going to count Anthony Martial, even though he went missing. It was MIA last season. But I think Francis has heard from a reliable source that he's coming back strong this season. So huh. <laughs> I'll take Francis' word for it. So those would be like our two main strikers. If Does everyone agree with that in, in, in the team? I think you can put Greenwood in there too. Fair enough. I, I can add Greenwood. But like I said, um, Greenwood predominantly plays on the wing. So did we, how many, did we play him at all as a leading striker last season? Yeah, yeah in a few games. Okay. So, Greenwood, um, let me ask you a question. If Who would be our starting striker next season before we go into who we're going to? Out of those three people. Uh, who, Francis, do you who do you think? Yeah, who do you nah, think is going to be? No, no, let the expert go. Let the expert, okay. <laughs> what, are you deferring now? Since when did you start deferring? <laughs> uh, I, I think Cavani is going to be our striker next season, as a start of next season. I don't know how many, you know, I, towards the end of the season, he started playing more games. Initially, at the start of the season, he wouldn't really play back-to-back or he would come in as a sub. Uh, but towards the end of the season, not only did he find his form, he was also starting a lot of games, uh, you know, for us. So uh, it doesn't, you know, I, I think he's one that's going to start and then we'll see how, how the season progresses and injuries and, and who... Who uh, you know? Who backs him up or who who staggers some minutes with him? Francis, do you see like? Do you really predict like a bounce back season for Tony Marshall? Like the season oh, we saw twenty, is it 2019-2020? That season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, we, is, we, is that your prediction we, for Marshall this season? We we gonna be in ridiculous shape. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, you, you, just, you just watch. You just watch. <laughs> Yo, we, are, we don't have any choice but to watch. <laughs> nah, nah, that's, 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 that's the truth. That's the truth. But Tony, Tony, Tony he's, he's coming back. And Cavani, Cavani would probably see way less minutes than last season. Just because of how good Marshall is going to be this season. <laughs> those, are, those are bold statements. <laughs> it's not even hot take. That's, that's a bold statement. Yo, <laughs> we gonna be, that we watched last season. We gonna be in ridiculous shape this season. Is it shape? Is it just about shape? shape it's all about, no, it's all about shape, Ben. When Marshall was was slim, when we used to call him, you know, what do you used to call him, Ben? Then. Tony Tony from France. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back then, you know, the guy was lanky. He could lift his feet off the ground. You know, <laughs> movement. Silky, one, two, pam, pam, shoulder drop, you're gone. But now he added weight. You know, he didn't have extracurricular activities when he went on his vacation trips anymore. But all that <laughs> is in place now. Like, now we've set... You know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm done talking. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> just watch. <laughs> you know what though I, I look at Marshall and I wonder if the initial attempt to bulk up was because he knew he was going to be playing as a number, number nine. nine more yeah mm-hmm. and and that's where I don't know if he really wants to become like go back to being almost like Rashford or a little bigger than Rashford really um, can I the, can I ask this question oh, yeah. before you continue um, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. he playing as a striker in the 18, 19, 20 season when he bagged double digit goals, 
Wasn't it him and Rash Rashford on the wing and he was playing striker for us? Who 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 are you talking about? Tony. Yeah, he was our strike main striker yeah. last so, season and the season before that. The season before was the best. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so like when you say like he was trying to bulk up to like you think maybe he was trying to bulk up to play more, but I'm like he already yeah. did that for a whole season. No, but I think what Larry is saying is if you see the season before last season where this guy had a terrible this thing, Marshall was a little slimmer than last season in itself. Last season yeah. he gained a little bit of muscle. And that maybe came from the fact that he thought he was very confident that he was going to play number nine all throughout nine. the season. And he needed a little bit of muscle to be able to withstand the premiership defenders. So that's yeah, why he walked up. If you remember, two seasons ago was when we sacked Mourinho and we hired Ole, I think, right? Was that Yeah. Two? Yeah. And, and that was and like half. in the... Yeah, in the middle of that season, Tony starts playing a little bit more. At the end of that season, we sell Lukaku. And then Tony becomes the man. There's almost yep. no like second. And then that is the most <laughs> like successful that. season. Then coming into last season, I think he was thinking, okay, that was that's my most successful season. Where can I improve? Or how can I be better? And I think that's where he was walking up. So I don't know if it was just like comfort weight or if it was intentional. I think it was more intentional. Let me ask you guys a question. Fit motivated Tony Marshall versus Cavani. Who is the better player? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, that, that's a loaded question, though. Like, is who's it? a better... Yeah, is who's it? a better what number nine? Who's a better striker, sorry? Oh, Cavani. Cavani is a better striker. Yeah. There's no, so, no question. And I think that's where, for me, it doesn't matter how Marshall comes into the season, maybe. Like, I, I feel like coming into the season, his best bet is to to be that guy that, you know, shares time with Cavani because yeah. Cavani is like 35, 36 and can't play every game. But so as now, a striker... I, I, I switched that question. If you yeah. have Marshall of the season before last that was popping mm-hmm. a goal or two goals on average for every game, um, I don't think Cavani benches him. No, but I just... think Cavani benches him. I don't, the I, end of the I don't season, think so. Cavani scored, I don't remember the stats again, but he scored more, he had, like in the last 10 games, he had more than 10 goals. Mm, he had 13 goals in total, but uh, I, I see what you're saying. He had a lot yeah. of goals, yeah. But and I, think, I, I, I think the way he plays, it just gives more to the team, right? There's, there's an energy that Cavani plays with that is greater than just his talent. Right, like that's that's I the idea that you know what you're going to get from him one, and then the way that he plays, the energy he gives to the team. But somebody like sure, if you're crossing to that box, you know he's going to attack the ball, and you know he knows what spaces to be attacking as well. I think even when we saw Marshall be good, he it, he didn't play as that type of striker. Right, he played fast. He 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 was doing some of the things that we want him to do run into the box and finish. But if you look at where Cavani's goals are, a lot of those goals are where you would want your number nine to be playing. And that's where I think he has the advantage. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But, uh, yeah, you guys just watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to have to, like, agree with you. Like, if I was to... If I was social and I needed to pick a striker, it would be Cavani. Just because, like I said... We've all marveled at the runs Cavani makes and we're like, yo, like no one no one thinks about we don't have anyone that can think about that kind of run in our team. And even Marshall at his best, 
it doesn't have that attribute to the way he plays, right? So yeah, Jimmy, I, I see what you're saying too, and I agree a little bit. But then, uh, if one thing I'd factor now or is Marshall had a terrible season last season. If he has, or if he if he's trending to have the season, you know, 2019-20, if he's trending to have that kind of season. I think I will pick him over Cavani to start, just because of what he brings. Cavani brings energy, and you know he he's a traditional number nine. But Marshall, man, Marshall is very interesting to watch. Like some when he's on his game, but you don't know what you're going to get, right? So that's mm-hmm. that, that that's the downside to it. But if I'm pick again, if I go back and say I'm picking that season, that Marshall from that season, he he's starting for me, no question. Imagine him. Rashford and Sancho, and all three of them are just switching up front. Gali, yeah, I'm, Gali. Not, I'm not so excited by by it. To be honest, I mean, you don't get excited <laughs> by anything, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm not so excited by the prospect of because I think it's it's a lot of the same thing, right? It's a lot like in reality, you don't really need it. You don't need your number nine to be switching and being able to play on both fronts. I think it's good, but. You know, with, with Sancho and with Rashford, we are hoping that they provide end product. The striker needs to be there to finish end product. You know, there, there are a lot of runs. Like, again, we talked about this one. We talked about the midfielders. There are some types of runs that, you know, when you watch Pogba play, you watch Bruno play. When you watch Bruno and Cavani play, they have, like, a decent understanding, right? And that's, again, where, like, so when I think of Sancho and I think of, what he will bring to the team as well. I feel like, yes, will Marshall make the attack a little more dynamic if you're talking about being able to interchange, play wing, you know. But I think Cavani will just be able to help you develop a system that ends up being consistent. Uh, the other thing I'm going to say, maybe this is a hot take, I, I don't think Marshall is going to make it to the start of the season. I think the only way he stays a United player is the same way Lingard stays a United player. Is if we cannot get an offer that makes sense. But if United gets an offer for him today, I think he's gone. You know, th- what I'm looking at is the hurricane situation. Because I think if Tottenham is able to get rid of, not get rid, if Tottenham, Tottenham has to sell hurricane, they have to buy a replacement. I think the, the two obvious replacements in my head are probably Calvert Lewin for for Everton because he's English and you know maybe he can they would be have some interest there. I also think they would be interested in Marshall. And so for me, that's where I I'm not a hundred percent sure that he makes it into the season. Like we're talking about the attack. Greenwood, Jimmy, you mentioned played on the right predominantly. Sancho is going to come into that spot now. I don't think they're going to be interchanging just Greenwood and Sancho because Sancho is going to be a starter. So for me, Greenwood is going to have to become, he's going to have to play some time in strike. He's going to have to play some time on the right and he's going to get minutes there. So Greenwood for me is now ahead of Marshall in the pecking order. I, to be, I don't Cavani, think, Green, I don't think yeah. Greenwood is ready to even play number nine, man. Like Greenwood is not that kind. Uh, if you've watched Greenwood, he's, he... He's not a, he's not like a number nine, number nine, like a poacher or a, a striker. He's the kind of guy that gets the ball to his feet. He wants to take on you, and then he shoots at any given time. That's how Greenwood is. So I still prefer him coming from the right. 
than actually playing a number nine. Me, but maybe because I've not seen him play number nine that much. But from the little I've seen, he he's usually not in the game at all when he's playing number nine. Yeah, I I I don't disagree. But he came up playing number nine. Like a lot of our academy records for goals now are, are held by Greenwood. And he started breaking some of those records when he was like 15, 16. He got into the reserves and he was younger than his mates that were playing under 18. So for me, we haven't seen it, but that's the way. Like, I, I feel like it, he plays on the right because they want to accommodate him in the team, but he's going to end up playing strike. Is he ready? I don't think he's ready to be a starter. But he's going to get more games in the strike, I think, this season than he did last season. While also, you know, coming in and playing some minutes on 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 the on the right hand side as well. So I I just don't know if Ole is really willing to go go ahead with a temperamental marshal for another season because it wasn't uh, you know it's easy to forget now because he got injured before before the season ended. Marshall was terrible this year. He had one good game, the Man City game. He was a Bismarck in most of the other games. Like, he was almost like a minus one in yeah, lot of the other games. He cost us the Champions League, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, I don't know if I'll pull all that on my channel. <laughs> but he, he did, though. The chance that he, he missed, I guess, is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against, no, against, I, against PSG. I know what you're talking about, yes. But, mm-hmm. but I still think without... Even with that, like I... I think we still had our own chances to like go through so i wouldn't just put it all on, on marshall missing i guess psg okay so let's let's try and tie this all to like be, i like sorry you were be, saying. sorry before you tie something it, it, i feel like this is united's plan as well um they're going to have cavani one more season and then next season they go for Haaland. Yeah, that's what I was going to tie into like if we're going by larry's logic saying if we get an offer for marshall that we will sell him, it means we need a replacement, right? Because mm-hmm. we can't just have Cavani and Greenwood as our only strikers going into the season, right? Like, I feel like we need something more experience behind Cavani than Greenwood. So, we've been linked to a few players. We've been linked to Harry Kane. We've been linked to um, Haaland. We've been linked to Patrick Bamford, which I, I don't see that happening. We've been linked to DCL, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I don't see that happening as well. And number two, I don't, I don't even want DCL. Like, DCL is a very frustrating striker. <laughs> DCL is DCL is not a footballer to me. For those who play, yeah, wow, FP, that's FP, For those who play FPL, you understand what I'm talking about. He's a very frustrating striker. <laughs> but Jimmy, Jimmy, if, I, if I'm understanding what you're saying, are you are you telling me? Ah, what are you telling me? Are you telling me that United is planning to buy another striker in, 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 to replace Marshall if Marshall leaves? But that would be the logic, though, because if no. we do sell, like, oh, why, you... <laughs> why, are you, why are you laughing? No, okay, so <laughs> if we sell Marshall, you don't think yeah. we're going to get a replacement? No, I don't think so. I, so I think you... the reason we're selling Marshall is because we want to make room for the other guys in the team to play. We're not selling Marshall just because we want to buy. We're going to buy a replacement when Cavani goes. There's no way we would have. Cavani and Greenwood, and then buy another guy who we think is going to like all the names you called. They are starting; they are starters, yeah, right. And they are not coming to come and warm bench. <laughs> you, you know, you know what I mean. You have Kane, you have Haaland, you have ah oh, DCL. 
you know, you have Bamford. Those guys start for their clubs, for example. But Bamford, you can say, okay, he'll be happy with staying on the bench for United. But if those guys are coming to United, Bar Bamford, they're coming to either start or play significant amounts of minutes. You know what I mean? So I don't think United will sell Marshall to just bring someone else to come and stay on the bench. They will have done the same with Marshall. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair point. But I don't think the decision about Marshall has anything to do with bringing anybody in. You I just, just think Marshall you just is... Again, <laughs> so, okay, let me put it to you this way, right? I feel like right now United wants to sell Lingard. We haven't heard anything about Lingard. United probably wants to sell Danny Van der Beek. Danny Van der Beek. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard anything. Like, none of the players that we expected... In fact, nobody has been sold, as far as I know. Right? Romero's contract was over, so he's gone. David De Gea is going to be here next season. Like, all those things are playing out in a scary way. But as far as the decision, like, do I think Ole would like to have Marshall as part of the team? I don't think so. Because I just don't think... Forget, like, all the other stuff about, like, X's and O's. I just don't think Marshall has shown enough as a United player for hmm. him, like in the last two, two, say in the last season anyway. And the L- competition is just getting harder for him. Larry, I, I disagree though. I, mm-hmm. I think only sold Lukaku. Yes. And kept Marshall. And Marshall, uh, that, that was the season before Marshall had like his best season at United. His best yeah. season... Wait, I'm, I'm, getting, mm-hmm. I'm, getting, I'm getting somewhere. I'm getting somewhere. Yeah. His, best, <laughs> his best season at United... Ole kept faith in him. I think the only backup striker we had was um, Igalo and Igalo Greenwood. Yeah. And Greenwood, right? Yeah. Then the next season, Marshall was playing absolute garbage. I think it's his worst season at United. Yeah. But he was still playing. Yeah. Up until he got injured, he was still yeah. playing. Yeah. So if, if that doesn't tell you that Ole has faith in him, then I don't know. I don't know what else. I I I I see what you're saying that you know he might be on the market and blah blah blah. I, I don't think that's coming from. I don't think that would be because of Oli. I think that would be because Marshall doesn't want to be at the club anymore. From yeah, what yeah. I've seen, I think Oli likes Marshall. I don't. I don't know if I agree. Again, mm. I don't disagree from the standpoint of what you said about him playing all those minutes, but most of those. Even because if you remember, as it was happening, we were saying you have to bench Marshall. But in the analysis, we would also talk about Ole doesn't seem to want to play Cavani back-to-back games at that point. Mm-hmm. And so you knew that if you saw Cavani in the game, you know Marshall was starting the next game, even as he was playing trash. True. So for me, it's like you are now at the point of the season where you can try to correct some of those mistakes, right? United, for the since we saw Lukaku... And I think we sold Lukaku primarily because Ole did not communicate to Lukaku that he was going to be his number one striker. Because at that point in time, we actually thought Rashford was going to be the number nine, not mm-hmm. even Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Right? And at and uh, the start of the season, uh, Rashford was missing chances. He ends up playing Rashford on the right and brings Tony into, into center. And then Tony starts playing like really well. So mm-hmm. that's where if you have the opportunity to do it over, I think that they would rather get some money from Tony Marshall this season right now than come into a season where 
he because if he plays the way he plays last season, like this season, then we can barely sell him for anything. Like his value right now is going to be higher than if he doesn't have a good season. So I guess it depends on what the way you see the, the like what you think the outlook for the season for twenty is. That that would make sense, but at the same time, where you, <laughs> how do they say like know your teammates? Like mm-hmm. since when has United showed you that they they have a, a foresight of thinking forward and doing something like a season before? Does that make sense? This is true. So yes, yeah, so I agree with you that if this would be like his his pick in terms of the money we can get back to him because. It's only the opportunity is only going to go down if he has a bad season. It can go up a little bit, but the downside is very to me is more than the upside at this point in time. If that makes sense. But let's let's move. So out of those, who would you take, Kane or, or Haaland? Who would you take on our team? Ooh. Now that's so a fun. fire question. That's a fire question. Uh, Larry, do you want to do the the honors? <laughs> Yo, you've been uh... deferring a lot this point. Well, are you okay, Francis? <laughs> I'm taking. I'm taking. Uh, I forget. I forget. The, the word escapes me. But I'm taking that approach. What the word you're looking for is training. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that, that was that, 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 that was funny. That was funny. That yeah, was... waiting for your maestro. It's okay. <laughs> the maestro is here. Uh, personally, I would go with Haaland right now because I think the. Ooh. I think Kane is a better player right now, but I I just think Haaland is the kind of player that will be in your team for 10 years. And if you have a player like that, you will make other teams regret not signing him when they had the opportunity to. He's like, you know, when you think of, say, um, back in the day, you think of Van Nistelrooy, or you think of Henri, or you think of Aguero, those players were even, but even worse than that, because he's shown that at a young age, he's already, um, he's already a beast, and he's well-suited, I think, to the Premier League game. So I would probably go with him because our team is also young. So a lot of those guys, him, Sancho, Rashford, and he and Sancho already have a prior relationship anyway. So I think that would be somewhat seamless for him yeah. getting into the team. What about you, Francis? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Haaland. Um, you mean Sancho. you go with your maestro? I will go. I will, <laughs> I, will, I, will go I will go with my maestro. Uh, coincidentally, my maestro and I, we think alike in some cases... Um, but um, yeah, I will go. I will go with Haaland because um, Haaland is is young, and and the reason, the fact that we signed Sancho as well, you know, they had that previous, you know, bond between both of them at Dortmund. Um, I, I think signing Haaland now that's one less thing to worry about because they already have that, you know, connect, connection between them on, on the pitch. Um, Kane Kane brings you goals. He brings you premiership experience. He brings you leadership. He brings you, you know, all that good quality. But something that you know you you can't um, that he doesn't bring is his time. He doesn't. His age age is not on his side. He's what 28, 29. Uh, so in the next two three years, uh, you know, right now you can even see when Kane is running, uh, or say slight touch, man's already on his knees. And that's how it has been all three years. <laughs> I'm serious. He wins the ball. Breeze blows his neck. He's on his knees. I'm like, bro, you can't. <laughs> Yo, pause. No. <laughs> but come on now. 
Kane has probably played close to seventy games this season. Yeah, yeah but again, it's it's not it's, it's 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 not a fault of his own doing though. It's just the reality of things. He has probably played so much because of how yeah. good he is and how important he is. But it doesn't change the fact that right now you touch Kane, he's he's going he's just going down, and it looks like he's running with a school bag filled with Ugo Siugo or something. It's just that's how he is. And do I want that for? If you give me that for the next two, three years, I'm fine. But then after that, you now start worrying about... If Kane is coming now, he's coming on, on some, you know, I have the result. Like, you're paying me money. You know what I mean? Because it's most likely going to be his, his last big contract and, and whatnot. So I, on, that, on that basis, I'll go for Haaland. Haaland will give you, you know, six, seven years straight. He's a proven goal scorer as well. And he has a good connection with uh, with uh, Sancho. Okay, so let me me put it this way. Like, we know what Kane can do in the Premier League, right? He bags you at double-digit goals. Almost every season that I I can remember, Kane has either been tied for top scorer or second or third, right? Mm -hmm. You know what he's bringing to the team? Haaland, Mm -hmm. yes. Haaland is... How many seasons has Haaland played in the top tier? Two seasons? Three, yeah, sure. Three. Three, yeah. Yes, he's good, but he also he has also played in the German league where it's like very top heavy, right? Yeah, but you can yeah, look at his performances you, you, in Champions League. In Champions well. League, use a Champions League. Use Champions League. No, no, I'm just I'm I get what you guys say. I'm just playing devil advocate. Like, would you rather have yeah. Kane for the next three years? I know because right now I feel like if you put Kane in that team, like I feel like we're and if we can sort out our midfield, mm. that's the team that can challenge for. Well, but let's be honest, me, though. I don't... So, even though I said, like, Haaland for 10 years, it's only because I don't know how old he's. I think it's, like, 19 or something or 20. That's why I say 10 years. I still think Kane, because his game is not predicated on pace, I still think Kane for the next five, six seasons. Like, you look at Aguero. Aguero is probably in his mid-30s. In fact, forget Aguero. Look at Cavani, right? Cavani... Although Cavani is... When he's more you look of a state at, star. yeah, he has more. Yeah, and he looks like he's been taking care of his body. But I just think if Kane is twenty-eight now, we can assume that like a lot of these top-end players are playing successfully and playing well into their thirties, right? Say three years, I would still say five years. I think Kane is a better player than Haaland is right now for our team. And that's he, my point, would, right? Yeah, like, you give you more in terms of yeah over like the ten years. Of which we still don't know what can happen, like in the next five years. I guess the same could be said with Kane, but I feel like Kane has proven himself in the Premier League over like the last how many years he's been playing, right? Yeah, and you, yeah. You, you know what you are getting, like you know what he's going to provide to you. You know what you are getting. You know, like to, it's almost guaranteed that he's going to score double digit goals. To me, like Kane. Like, look yeah, at Tottenham. Look at Tottenham's team. Look at Tottenham's team. And look at our team. Like you don't think he will get more goals on our team with more opportunities with yeah. Sancho. With Rashford, with Bruno, yeah. But then the way I also look at it is, I have I have a hundred and what hundred to hundred and fifty million dollars to spend or pounds, and I have mm-hmm. Kane who's twenty eight, this guy who's twenty years. If both of them, just just assume both of them are you know the same price now. So if I spend mm-hmm. hundred and fifty on Kane now, I can promise you in the next four years I'm going in the market again to look for a striker. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes, you know that, what I mean. That, that's fair. Do you yeah. think? But do you think Kane will Kane would have paid off the hundred and fifty before the next four years? But you, I think Haaland will probably do the same too. 
Frank, yeah, look, but you also have to factor in that Haaland is managed by our favorite pizza. Right, right, right. Like, me with us and Pogba right now, right? Pogba is about to run down his contract. That's our record signing, 59 million. You could have made the exact same argument that you're making right now about Pogba versus, you know, a different midfielder at the time, right? So, it's not even really about the money because I think whatever we save in terms of age... Yeah, that's money, my point, yeah. We know we'll get back. Like, that one I'm, I'm pretty certain. We will, if we signed Haaland and we wanted to re-up that contract, it would almost be like you are, you are buying him from somewhere, <laughs> you know, because everybody will be getting commission left, right, and center. So, for me, I just think if I look at Haaland and I try to think of who I can compare him to, right? Because a lot of the people who we looked at early on and we said, that guy is going to be incredible. Like, you look at Mbappe right now. A lot of them are speedsters. The strikers that have pace, that have skill. You look at Ronaldo, even Aguero to a lesser extent. Like, a lot of those guys that you could predict, you don't see people like Haaland anymore. Where from a young age, you are scoring goals and you're scoring goals at a ridiculous rate. Like, at a very, very high level, consistently. Like, we, we heard about him when he was about 17 or 18 in Champions League, and I don't think he scored less than 30 goals in total since he started playing, you know, in, in um, RB Leipzig, not Leipzig, the, the, the one in Austria, and then moving to Dortmund. That's where I just don't know if there's a comparison for him, is that it's like when you look back at young Ronaldo, young Messi, and they give you an opportunity to sign them, you would have taken it, and that's, that's what I think he's going to be as well. I don't want it to sound like I don't want... Either of them, I'm fine with it. I'm just trying to say, like, which one are we... Which one gives us a better chance to win right now is what I'm looking... Is it from the perspective I'm looking at it from, right? Can yeah. Alan do the same thing King can do for you right now or in the next... You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I, I mean, King stands out because he's premiership proven. You get your goals and his records speak for themselves. But I will take the chance with, with Haaland. I'll, I'll take the chance with him. He's 20 years old. Like, what's the worst that would happen? United's team right now, the issue is not actually scoring goals because when it comes to scoring goals ranking, we're what, either second or third on the table. It's defensively where we have some issues and midfield. So yeah. if, we, if we get a, a Haaland that is better than everything that we have, that's an improvement. That's how I see it. So what going, if we're scoring X amount of goals, we're going to score X plus Y because Haaland is coming. But then in midfield, that's where we now need to focus on. So if it's between both of them, I'm definitely picking Haaland just because of the additional value that he's going to bring over time. I, I, Kane's resale value in the next four years is not comparable to Haaland's. Haaland's resale value is still going to be very high because of what he has done now. And at that point in time, it's not going to be, oh, he didn't work out United. Da, 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 da. It will be like United's um, formation did not work for him. That's the picture mm -hmm. they're going to paint for you. because he, And they know that if he goes somewhere else, because of what he has done as a kid, he's going to bowl. So his, his status is always going to be like that, unless, God forbid, like an injury happens or whatnot. But Kane, in the next three years, you know, I, and I feel like Kane is actually going to end up being like Rooney, where... In the next two, three years, he begins to drop back a little more and more and more and more 
and then it's, it's not he'll still score goals but his priority is not about scoring goals anymore because he's he's very he's good at creating too so he's going to be creating more chances and then at that point in time you are looking for a striker again no those That's are all valid points um like i said either of those guys that we get i'm, I'm okay i'm okay with it. I, I, but i just don't see us doing any business until to next season like that. so J- jimmy who would you pick though who would i pick mm-hmm. um honestly like i'll pick either but like you you made a convincing um argument saying yes four years from now even if it doesn't work for Haaland, we want to sell him again we're going to get high value <laughs> but my only point my only hope is that it doesn't become an issue of the Pogba where I'm sure if we said we, we could have said the same thing when we had uh, got Pogba like oh four years from now five years from now his resale value will still be high up there but now I don't even know do you, does anyone even know what Pogba's resale value is? Uh, 50, 40 compared to where it was like when we bought him right? Uh-huh. yeah so that's that's my only like I hope it doesn't turn out to be that kind of thing but I will take Haaland right now just because of what you guys said. Like, we're, our issue is not scoring goals. It's it's the creativity in the midfield and also our defense, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll take Haaland. I'll take Haaland just for the resale value too. But again, I'm saying all these things make it sound like United has sense. People are running United. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're putting too much logic into this. <laughs> knowing, oh. knowing the kind of team we support, right? <laughs> with, 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 we should be adding with all things being equal. Exactly. We all... <laughs> because, you know, the management skills that is available in that club is, <laughs> is woeful. But anyways, I think that, that wraps up our striker talk. Um, let's touch a little bit on, on the Euros before we get to, um, before we round up this um, podcast. From the last time that we talked, there's been a couple of compelling results. Was France already knocked out by the time we had our last board? Uh... I think... So I'm not sure anymore. We we, we recorded last maybe week not Thursday. maybe not yeah 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 they were they were they were they were because they got knocked out yeah. on Thursday I think yeah I remember okay. I, I remember talking about Pogba and how he caused the goal so yeah they were oh they were yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> anyways um, Belgium got knocked out by Italy um, England went through in the next round wait shit what. Look at me, chosen one. How could I forget? Did uh, I not predict this final? I'm pretty sure I predicted England uh, versus let, let, let's, Italy. Let's, let's, let's calm down. I predicted England versus Italy. Hey, there's no chance. <laughs> there's no chance. The Are same you... pod that somebody told me that I, I predicted France with, uh, Netherlands oh, would be a good team. Yeah. Let's uh, run it back. You know what? Let me even do one better for you because you guys are listening. What you'll hear at this point mm-hmm. is my voice from the past telling you what my prediction was going to be. So, oh, okay. Francis, if, don't if, bother yourself. Yeah, if that's the case, then maybe we predicted the same thing. But I remember the conversation where I talked about England having a, an easier run than than Italy or Belgium. So I predicted Belgium, um, England, Italy. But huh? that's okay. No, 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 no. You go back. You do the, do the honors. Put, put it for the fans. Yeah. You know what? I'll listen to your part and no, I'll no. add it at the end of the episode. Yeah. What you're going to do... <laughs> Is paste the voice or the voices <laughs> of the people or person? You guys, what you gonna do? Is, you know, of the person that, uh, that that predicted the final from a previous episode of What Would Fergie Do? 
let, let me ask you guys questions and then we can end this Euro. Who do you guys see winning the Euros now? Francis, I'll start with you. Uh, this has been very unpredictable, man. Like the games, the, that France game, the Spain game, see how teams coming back. You just don't know. On the, on this, I guess the run to the final, I think England has an easier run in comparison to Belgium and Italy. Larry, what about you? Uh, I, I'll put my money on England to make it to the final. I'm not sure if they would win. That the other side of the bracket is very is very wet. Spain doesn't look very good to me, but they they've made it this far and they won't really play. Uh, I mean, they're they're you know if they win their next game, they're going to play the winner of um, Belgium and Italy. So that might be their first tough, really really tough game or like big big name opponents. So, um. Right now, I would, I would, I would say my favorite, if I'm allowed to pick two, would be Italy and England. We now return to regularly scheduled program. <laughs> and if there's anyone that is wrong, please do the honors of pasting his voice as well. Okay. Hundred percent. Let's start calling people out. Yeah, I think. So. Anyways, I think uh, back to so anyways. Uh, Belgium got knocked out by Italy. Denmark won. And then uh, England won. And then in the next round, Spain got knocked out by Italy. And England knocked out Denmark to where we have the final on Sunday, which is Italy and England. I want to ask one question. Do you think Belgium is underachieving? Of course. This, they're the gold, this, this is their golden generation. They've okay, never yes, had a squad okay. as good as this. I, I get that. I think that's always a thing where people always hold on to. Like, It's a golden generation for their country but is it a coding generation in terms of like compared to other teams of yeah they have, like who, who has a better team them or france um you can put them up with france but france has a better team yes but is, is it that much better i don't think so who has a better team them or england ah this england of today is there this they are, yeah england but compare a... the teams right or compare the teams right because i feel like one, one thing that always happens like yes you every, put them on get, the same level i think they get labeled a golden generation but is it a golden generation for that particular country or does that mean it's a it's they're better across the board than every other big teams out there if that makes sense yeah, i mean if you look, or look at it this way in in in, in goalkeeping they have to, the top five best goalkeepers in the world mm-hmm in defense, they have, or be made prior to Euros, they had top five best center back in the world. In midfield, they had top five best midfielder in the world. In strike, they had top five best striker in the world. So if you look at it that way, you can compare their team to almost any team. England's team is now that people are talking about it. This Euros, prior to Euros, like um, the last one, the last one was World Cup, right? They were not really talking about England because England's players were not... They are not these players. It's just, it's just, it's just now, right? It's, this, is just, this resurgence is just now. So I think Belgium had the chance within the past six years or five years to have done something. Maybe not win, but do better than what they've done. In my mind, I think they've underachieved because they've never gone past quarterfinals. I don't think so. Um, but it, people, I mean, people have different views, sure. Yeah, no, I think if you look at this Belgian team now, this is not the best of the golden generation Belgian mm. teams, right? Like Hazard is older, the Bruyne is a little rundown, 
Um, you know, like who is in their midfield? Tillemans and who? I don't even remember who the other and guy there's is. There's this guy with the afro. What's his name again? Vizo. Yeah. 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 And then you look at their defense. It's like all those Tottenham guys that have aged. Uh, Vertonghen. Uh, Alderweireld. The other guy that was in Arsenal. I forget his name now. But so I, I don't him. think, yeah, this version of their team is not their best one. I think their previous versions that you could make the argument should have done better. This one, again, when they even got matched up with Italy, I think I said this at the time, I was like, I think Italy is going to win that game. It was still a close game. So, you know, it's not like they, they were blown out. But, um, you know, not many teams that are like, uh, 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 expected to win, actually win anything, right? France has, England is still yet to be seen, but, you know, there's a scenario where if England doesn't win this weekend, you know, but are, are we going to look back at them in two or three years and say, did they underachieve, right? So, some of that. And I, and I think that, that that's my point, because I'm just, when they got knocked out, like, a lot of, like, the headlines was, you know, Belgium underachieved. I'm like, yeah, like, the team is not as good as we think they are because, like you said, a lot of them are like older. They're, they're a little bit run down. Azad, I didn't even think Azad was, was even going to play this tournament properly, but it seems to still have it, <laughs> right? So, uh, anyways, I'm just I just wanted to ask that question and see what you guys thought were. Um, do you guys watch Pedri for Spain at all? Do you guys think he's one of the best young midfielders in the world? Uh, that's a that's a stretch, but he's good. I didn't really I, I, watch him. What's his style? Is he like an attacking midfielder? Oh, he's yo, he's good. Like he's to me, he's a combination of again, and this is blasphemy. It's a combination of Javi and Iniesta to me, at a young age. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like he's I, good. I, I see, like when you watch him, him, like he, yo, he's good. One thing I know about him, he does not misplace a pass. Yo. He, 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 I think in even in the last game, I think he had ninety nine percent pass accuracy. Keep now, in mind, start, keep, before start, you continue, start, start a little bit he's only eighteen now. years old too, right? You know, he's eighteen. Yeah, all those things. Like I, I think uh, nowadays, uh, there's uh, there's more hype than quality. Like they hype you so much that when you actually watch a person over time, you're like, what What is the hype about? Right? He's good. He's good for sure, but. I, what was the what? What did you you say? Is he the best? What midfielder? Is he one of the best like young midfielders in the world? Not the best. What position did he play? Sorry, just so I'm aware. Is it yeah, attacking midfield or center? He plays center midfield. Yeah, so center, he plays yeah. around that okay. Zabi role, but he has a little bit of license to go forward. Um, I, I mean, he's good. He's good, but I, uh, there are probably a few midfielders I'll pick before him. So the final is on Sunday. How do you see this playing out? Uh, to be honest, I, I want England to lose. <laughs> wow! You know what's funny? I feel like that's the overwhelming sentiment out there is that they, nobody likes to see England do do good. With no, I, I, not like good, I don't want to see good. them. Yeah, yes, but the thing is, yeah. the thing, if I, I like, I've been enjoying them up until this point, but they're talking too much, and it's annoying. England, to be honest, they, England reminds me of Manchester United, and now I <laughs> kind of sit back and think. If I was not a United fan, I would hate United so much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and, and that's how, and now I can understand being a little bit in these other guys' shoes, like the Arsenal fan, like, mm-hmm. you know, all these other, other, other teams. Like England, they, 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 
they act like they're the best team since sliced bread. Like they're the best team, best everything. Granted, they've played well, but man, the hype around them is too but much, and they make let, so much noise. Let me put it this way: I don't think that's just an. I don't think that just comes from like just soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. Like I think that's just the way in Europe. That's the way the English carry themselves. So it seeps into everything else, right? No, I think it's football, man. Yeah, <laughs> but I also think it's because the the English media, like nobody's checking for what the Italian media is doing. You That's know what I mean? If if Italian media was as popular as the English media, maybe we would also be frustrated and we'll be tired of hearing of how great this Italian team is and how they were underdogs or you know whatever it is, right? So that's where that's where I look at this. For me, from the beginning of the tournament, I always. I think Francis, I, I think I even told you this. I was like, I don't want England to do well. Only because of this, like ex- everything that you're describing. Now, to be honest, I was like, what's England? I don't necessarily feel the same way. What I want them to do, like what I would like, I guess, is for them to at least experience some type of real challenge. That's the thing. Like, I feel like they've gone through this whole tournament without any real challenges. They haven't Plus, played play six games at home. Then they played at home. You know, all those things. So that's where for me, it's like, if you earn it, if they actually go through the adversity and they will see some of that with Italy, like they're playing teams that they can play three at the back. They can, you know, they can chill out. They're playing Ukraine. They're playing Denmark. They're playing a, a so-called German team. You can only play who is in front of you. So this is the biggest test that they've had in this tournament. And this will tell us if they are actually at the level that we think that they are. And I feel like in this game, they are going to have to play. They are not going to be able to get by just being as conservative as they've been. Like, we look at the Denmark game, and that game, honestly, in my opinion, should have gone to penalties. That was never a penalty that they got. But you notice how that never even came up in conversation. And I feel like if it was the other way around, if if that ref had given that same penalty to the Danish team, that is all you would hear. You would know about this referee's personal life by today. You would hear that this referee <laughs> has gotten death threats. He's in hiding. You know, he's, he's in witness uh, protection. That type of, so for me, it's just like, I can't look at this team and be overawed by what they've done until they actually show something, like a little bit of risk, a little, like a performance that I can look at and I can say, wow. But I haven't had any wild performances by England in this tournament, to be honest. Like, when I watch them, it's all very safe, very, you know, and, and yeah. So, for me, I don't mind if they win on Sunday. I just want them to actually play. You know, I, I want them to, uh, if they play well against Italy and they win, I, I can live with the results. At least that way, I know that they earned it because Italy is also a really good thing. Okay, let, let's let's wrap this up by... I know we haven't done predictions in a while. Let's predict. What, what's what's your score line? How do you see the game going? Like, what's your score line for the game on Sunday? Uh, for for go, uh, it. I think I predict Italy to win this one. Um, three two. Hmm. You see that many goals in this game? Two one two one two one. No, the only reason why I say that is because Italy are not really known for like <laughs> the high the high scoring games, right? Yeah, I mean Italy had scored what three goals up until what round of sixteen or quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah. So so they actually they actually score. I think they are, now they are missing Spinazzola. 
Yeah. The, 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 he plays left back, but he's very attacking. That um, guy, they they did not look the same without that guy in the team, man. Yeah, so that might that might you know hit that, and that was why I changed my prediction to three two because I mean to two one because I remember Spinazzola was not playing. Um, yeah. Immobile has not really been on form. No. Um, Berardi is okay, but Chiesa Chiesa is playing well. Jorginho has been to me probably one of the players of the tournament. Tournament, uh, yeah, yeah. Cellini, Bonucci, they have a very good goalie. They have a very good defense. They don't concede that many goals. I think Max is considered as one. So uh, yeah, I don't see it being a high-scoring game because England too, they've not they've not considered that many goals. But um, it, it, this game is going to be who takes your chances. I mean, as with as is every other game. But yeah, I think this one. Both teams they play really conservative kind of football, but you, Italy can actually play. Yeah, they can play. It's just the past couple games that you know they they've. Retreat, retreated a little bit, but they they can actually please. I I think Italy would um win this one two one, but I won't be surprised if it goes the other way. To be honest, I actually yeah, see I, this. Oh, mm-hmm, sorry. sorry yeah. Okay, I, I, no, yeah, no. like I said, I see this being a low scoring KG game. Uh I think I'll just go one nil to. Uh, I'll go one. Go nil, England, please. Yeah, I'll go one nil England. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll go one nil England. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go one-one and then penalties. I think I'm play penalties at all this this um tournament. No. No. Yeah, I, I'm I gonna go one-one, think... and then I'm going to go penalties and I'm going to go Italy to win. I think Italy has played tougher competition. They played Belgium. They played Spain. I also think in this game you want to look out for the midfield. I thought Declan Rice was pretty poor in the last game for what? England. No yeah. way! Did, didn't he also pull up at the end of the game when they scored that? Like, like, kind of like maybe it was hamstring. I don't know. Like, I saw him like when he was celebrating. There was a video of him. Oh, I, I didn't see that. Kind of like holding so, the back of his maybe, leg. Maybe poor. Was... Maybe poor is too strong. I just thought that his deficiencies in that game were visible. Like going forward, I don't think he offered enough, and he lost the ball a little bit more than he should have. It, it, this is a Denmark game I'm talking about specifically. Like, if you look at that Denmark game again, to start the game, and then even in the second half to start, Denmark was on the front foot for, like, a decent amount of time. Like, when I say decent amount, it's not like England was not doing anything. But Denmark had chances. Like, they they were able to press. They were able to stop England from finding spaces or even trying to play. That's where, you know, when I look at the midfield and I think of what Italy did to, I think, Belgium as well, where they were pressing them high. I wonder if England is going to be able to um, live with that. But I'm going 1-1 one, one penalties and I'm going to do Okay. May the best man win. Well, we will talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about the finals on our next podcast. Um, this brings us to the end of the podcast. I have a question. I have yeah. a question. Uh, actually, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to say your question? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this brings us to the end of the podcast thank you all for listening um, follow us on socials at what will Fergie do on twitter and instagram and if you happen to be listening to us on the apple podcast please rate and review us five stars only anything less than that please keep your opinions to yourself thank you <laughs> talk to you next week <laughs>